Today's episode of the Tighten Up Talk is brought to you by our friends at Parkway Poorhouse. If you are in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area or the surrounding areas and need a great spot to grab some delicious food with the family or just want to grab a patio spot and enjoy some appetizers and a cold adult beverage, well, look no further because Parkway Poorhouse is the perfect spot for either occasion. Visit parkwaypoorhouse.com to plan your visit today. And folks, Chase Green and I are back. The Titans are 2-0. We are stoked. We had a fantastic time at our Titans party with the Chattanooga Titans fans at our hub at Parkway Poorhouse. But we want to let you know we are still concerned about the defense. It's a great day. The Titans have not been 2-0 since 2008. We'll discuss it in full and give our thoughts on the breakdown on the recent win over the, over the Duval Jacksonville Jaguars. But also, the defense has to step up. And like they were saying last year, it's time for them to go from good to great. We'll ask the question, what is the Titans' biggest concern and issue right now? Also, we'll give a skull, a Vikings preview for this upcoming week, and we'll check in around the NFL as well. But folks, if you're new to us, go to chat10sports.com. Make sure and get up to date on everything we're doing. Like we said, the events have begun. The Vols are kicking off this weekend, as well as the Tennessee Titans going into week three. We want to have you there as well. chat10sports.com slash events for that. But subscribe, rate, review the podcast if you would be so kind. But folks, I want to let you know I got my guy Chase Green here. Chase, how you doing, man? Man, I am wonderful. Just a beautiful, beautiful week here in East Tennessee, man. I can't complain. We had so much freaking fun on Sunday, and this weekend got two-for-one watch parties, so pretty Let's fun. Go, baby. Yeah. yeah, dude, I was going to say, I mean, I didn't anticipate, obviously, still in the in the pandemic mode, at least I am. I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to intentionally still be conscious about, you know, wearing masks and all that stuff but obviously parkway was the hub sunday and like chase said this weekend we got them lined up so in case you're looking at coming out if you're in chattanooga north georgia knoxville nashville anywhere uh you are more than welcome to join us on sunday for the titans and then saturday night in prime time that's what got me really excited for this fall's debut dude is prime time on saturday but yes check out chat10sports.com slash events to uh to check everything out we have there right now but chase we're gonna hear sit down here talk some tennessee titans um i want to start this thing off obviously as the the topic list says if those have have found that on social media the titans are 2-0 for the first time since 2008 which i mean the older i'm getting it's crazy to think that's 12 years ago now but uh it's been a long time it's been some dark days and i want to i want to kick this thing open because there's been a lot of feedback with I don't know if I've heard more complaining than than praise kind of a thing for the Titans this week, but let me ask you this. Does 2-0, does winning legitimately fix everything? Uh, a lot of it does. I definitely think so because even some Titans fans feel a little bit like, I, maybe for me personally, I'm like, well, it's not been a great 2-0, but we should be 2-0 no matter what. So now we right. have expectations. So now this team has expectations behind it. This, the fan base does, particularly now, um, and it's been it's been pretty nice to see. But it's it is weird that this is the first time in twelve years. I mean, we're not talking about five and zero or six and zero. Just just two and zero. That's how yeah. long it's been. That's crazy. It is. Well, this whole year, and, and the more that we've gotten, you know, we've gotten NBA back, we got NHL back for a little bit, and I keep trashing the Predators because they embarrassed themselves against Ooh. the uh, Arizona Coyotes 
uh, for like a week it was. But um, yeah, as the more that we've gotten back, these little nuggets of normalcy, and you know, obviously, I don't know about you, but the NFL, you know, the fake crowd noise, the whole production, even obviously, whenever the you know camera pans back and you can see the the majority of the stadium, it's all right. The kind of reminder of there's no fans, but the play, the entertainment, it it feels very very normal to me. And just to give my my thoughts on that, but. I wanted to echo what you said as far as obviously here it feels like we've been playing a lot more football and maybe that's just the excitement in me speaking. But for me, I wanted to give my thoughts on kind of that complaining. I don't I don't know if I would call it complaining because it, there are valid points in there. The defense has, you know, been lackluster, you know, yeah. for I mean and he, here's my thought. I know we talked about in our previous for the last two two episodes kind of getting geared up for the season. So these two first games for the Titans were ones that we thought should be pretty, you know, easy wins. And both of those came down to fewer than three points, 16 to 14 over the Broncos and 33 to 30 over the Jaguars. And my thought is, and you tell me what you think about this, but I know Drew Locke went down last week uh, and week two for the Broncos. But that team does not look bad, and they're missing Von Miller. And then just to give you know the, the credit where the credit's due for the Jacksonville Jaguars, that that team, and even as I said on Saturday for our preview, that team, the cancer's gone, and it, and it looks to be a solid, competitive, you know, adequate team. And, and I was telling Chase for all those listening prior to us hitting and record. They look like they could be a wild card team if they continue to have success. But what do you think about the first two weeks? Does it tell you how you know good or bad the Titans are, or how good or bad the the, the competition has been? Um, I think it it gives a good indicator of how good the Titans can be because of the adaptability. Because just like you're talking about, the Jaguars are much better than people thought. They're they have nothing to lose. They are mm-hmm. playing very loose. They're playing to their strengths and they're doing it by negating their weaknesses. Like they're, they don't have a wonderful offensive line, um, but they're playing fast. Minshew is a good, accurate thrower as far as like in the short game, making it quick. They've got even quicker receivers. They're, they're pretty solid and they've adjusted to mismatches and to talk a little bit on the Titans later, as far as, you know, Butler and Vaccaro getting attacked most of the game, mm-hmm. but they really did a great Jacksonville did a great job of moving the ball quick and moving the ball pretty efficiently for the most part. Um, I know they had two turnovers, but one was a just a slightly off pass, yeah. and the other one was a really good defensive play by one Simmons, but also um, just getting good overall pressure from the defensive line. But yeah, they're way better, and also that running game out in Denver is really solid. Um, I know they they lost Lindsey early on. Mm-hmm. Still, Melvin Gordon's Melvin Gordon. Um, still, he's maybe not top tier number one like he has been in previous, but he's still up there. And like you said, Locke going down last week. They still played really solid. And they're still very good. T- they're a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Good, not great. Um, so you don't love the fact of the yards given up and stuff like that. But I think both these teams comparatively what people had a preconceived notion at the beginning of the season to what they actually are both two teams are pretty good and the titans come out with two wins and no turnovers so far pretty yeah. solid right i i agree for sure obviously i think like you mentioned the two turnovers for the jaguars for them to overcome that i mean 
their defense, it was one of those games, obviously high scoring for, you know, to see the Titans have 30 points put on them. It's, it's, you know, not what we're accustomed to last year. I think the way that the offense is playing this year is probably equal to or better than uh, how the defense played last year. I mean, I think obviously so many factors of, of, of obviously the pandemic, no preseason. And the more that more time that goes by is, and, and maybe we can open this thing up about the preseason of there were so many teams that had slow starts. The you know Brady and the Buccaneers did not look as advertised all off season. You know it was the the 2019 Browns, if you will, as far as how much hype was around them. Um, but obviously kickers and for week two for Stephen Goskowski was much better than week one. Mm-hmm. Um, just so many different things, even conditioning. We saw so many injuries in week two, and God bless. Like knock on wood, if if you guys can hear my desk here, because. It, it, the amount of ACLs or other ligaments, high ankle sprains, like that was one of those things that I'm almost, look, I hate to see the injuries and I, I don't love the preseason, but I don't hate it enough to say, let's just do away with it. Because I think, you know, as former athletes, I think you and I, and I, obviously we're not collegiate athletes, at least I'm not. Um, I played rugby in college, but it was a lot more fun than we than we were competitive, if you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Um, no, but just saying that for the sake of you know when your body's ready to be in game shape, you know when that conditioning no longer sucks, and it's like, all right, I'm 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 getting my bearings here. And I don't know, I know Jadavion Clowney's been noted as very much winded, and you can see physically he's he's he looks winded. But Chase, do you think that this this season and the start of this season without preseason is enough to say we have to have the preseason back next season? Yeah, one hundred percent. And and I get it with COVID and all that stuff. You couldn't force like physical contact much and all that stuff. But whenever you go from not hitting giant fast men that are incredibly strong and the most athletic person you know is just the lowest end of a of NFL player, when you go from hitting nothing to one of those guys, it's just very different. And I understand these guys are built for it, and they've been built for it for pretty much their entire lives, but. The day in, day out of hitting somebody over and over and over and moving and cutting like that, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think you you need you need a preseason of some sort. Um, would you rather have like one or just maybe two games? Do like a because I guess instead of you know it was always like what game threes they always mm-hmm. had the starters play more, but maybe do that for game one and then get a few other guys in game two and then. To Maybe be honest, I, I might just keep it as it was. I, I know it's not like, you know, it's not viewing pleasure. It's probably one of those things, you know, for me, I'm obviously married, dad of three. Like, those are the kind of games I feel like, you know, for, and speaking selfishly, like, obviously I don't have to actively watch the game like I would want to if I'm there. Like like we were last year for the Jags game when, when Henry and AJ went off. But if you're able to take your kids out, you know, there's a lot of perks. And it's, again, that's based on my lifestyle. But also if you're thinking about, you know, as a team, as, as a player, as a coach, getting kind of in gear, like, and even ironing out, you know, I know right now the big conversation, even today, Vrabel had his presser just a little bit before we hit record this afternoon, but <clears throat> talking about who's, who, who is actually calling the defensive plays, you know, ironing out those things of, you know, little things that might 
you know, calls a big play, you know, on a defensive side of the ball, um, working out and ironing out those little mechanical things where, you know, guys with the green dot, you know, so on and so forth. But I just think it's it's very valuable, even on the other side of it, like we saw with with rookies, you know, obviously Christian Fulton had, you know, had a great, you know, pick. And like you mentioned, it was tipped. Chris Jackson's continues to go. Um, obviously Cole McDonald's off the team. And then, and Isaiah Wilson is, is on the COVID list still, but it's something to me, like at what point do you sacrifice the preparation period for the safety of the, for the sake of the safety of the athletes, but also for the quality of the sport. And then, Again, how many guys were drafted this year that did not that that could have made a roster if they were given the the, you know, the repetitions and and the, the spotlight you know uh, in a preseason environment? Um, obviously, hard knocks was different. That was a very interesting look, in my opinion. But it's something too like I want as much normalcy as we can get, and then if they want to tweak some things and adjust it from there to see what really benefits teams, you know, they can they can do what they want there, but. Yeah, 100%. Like, speaking of hard knocks, listen to the other day, it is weird because you wonder how many guys would actually make a regular roster. But I do feel like more people have an opportunity because they're, there's probably this weird thing with free agents and practice squad guys that you have to be so concerned, especially because people were worried that it was going to be more like how the MLB was early on. That's probably a better stance since they are playing. They are still going to be at home. They are still going to be playing at a stadium. They're still going to be. They're not in a bubble. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there are a few more chances for lower end guys that maybe might have made a roster, but they'll probably get some looks. But I, with these injuries and with the COVID concerns, which I, I think the COVID concerns now are pretty negated knock on wood mm-hmm. um unless but, you're a coach not wearing your mask which we can get to yeah, that dude. In a second, you know? how many how many were there this week three I, is that that we got following well i think there was fangio cal shanahan um sean payton john gruden and i think one more i want to say one oh more. uh Pete carroll Pete carroll was the number yes. one that, that, he yes. was the first one i saw he was the he was the espn logo boy pretty much for that so yeah yeah i I do think i do think with injuries and stuff that some of these guys are going to be getting worked in hopefully it doesn't happen too much i hate to say that for the guys that aren't getting to play but for the guys getting to play you don't want these injuries but it is it is becoming more worrisome the last couple weeks because you're talking about conditioning and just general not non-physical contact up until the last few weeks so it's gonna be really weird to see i hope like you said hope for the best hope it doesn't happen but afraid due to lack of concern or due to lack of playing time and stuff like that beforehand it's probably going to yeah and um it's something for me you'll just just again i know cole mcdonald was i mean reported was as just as as bad as it really gets i mean i'm not trying to say that as as nicely and tactfully as i can but yeah i mean when you're almost hitting john robinson uh on the sideline with a pass like Probably not the best way to get off on a good foot with your new boss. Yeah. yeah. But uh but since we brought it up, let's talk about the mask, uh you know, mask gate, if you will, for the in the NFL right now. Um I'm trying to look it up right now, but Clay Travis put up a poll this morning. Um, you know, get, getting the response of fans that that saw these reports. Obviously, the majority of players and even you know, I think the majority of this, if not all the staff has to wear them. But these players are not wearing masks, right? They're not wearing the modified helmets or, or or visors or whatever it was. 
yet here the coaches are getting fined. I mean, Chase, what would you do right now with a hundred or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars? That is a great question. <laughs> There's a lot. There is a lot, and I and I hate to say this, but just due to my timing. Um, next week I go to Miami, so mm. <laughs> bienvenido. Be it will be, be awesome. I, I definitely have to get like a Don Johnson white suit. Um, but yeah. I, but after that, really, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to be a homeowner and all that fun stuff. But you know, it's yeah. it's, it's big time life changing for just about anybody that's not an NFL coach. But to speak on it more, it's really weird because everybody's getting tested on the reg every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand what they're trying to do because they do have to send a message because of their their voice in this world, especially in the United States. Um, they've got to set a tone, got to wear a mask. But mm-hmm. also, these guys are around each other all the time, anyways, without mask on in the practice field. They're the majority of them are outside. Uh, coaches stay to themselves for the most a lot of these guys do i know carol paces up and down he's pretty much six feet away from everybody at all times anyways so um it's it's strange to see like this this is the fine but uh i don't know man I, I i get it and i also think it's a common sense thing where it's like i don't get it at the same time right yeah I mean, do you understand what i'm saying Oh, yeah, and I've got Clay Travis's poll. The question being stated as the NFL has now fined several coaches $100,000 for not wearing masks correctly. Given the NFL is daily testing players and coaching and no players are wearing masks, does it make sense for the NFL coaches to wear the mask on the sideline? Dude, I'll tell you, I used to have a gator, and since Dr. Bill went on to the midday 180 out there and basically said those things will do nothing for you, they most likely could get you sick. I've actually swapped out to a cloth <laughs> mask. Uh, to try and, and can you know give the effort of of you know flattening the curve, if that's still even a thing now. But um, to me, to be honest with you, I, like you said, it is a big PR thing. I understand why they're doing it. They have to make the message. But I mean, some I had a and I'll, I'll I'll leave their name off the podcast. But a friend of mine texted me saying, "Dude." NFL players have been fined less for domestic assault cases, you know, of, of different wow. situations like that. I, I get it. They're trying to make a message, but come on, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not doubting the severity. So I don't hope anyone hears me saying, Oh, the, you know, pa- the pandemic is a hoax or whatever. I'm not saying anything like that, no, of course not. No. but this is a vast, vast, I mean, overcompensation for what you really need to be doing. And where's the, I mean, have they been given a first strike? I mean, to jump to a hundred grand, not that I know of. Yeah. So I didn't it, hear that's about one it of those, they did. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's just uh especially right now, thinking about how many people have lost their jobs and what could someone do with a hundred and you know, and that's I mean, that's where that's where my mind goes. But um, you know, neither here nor there. We'll we'll move on from that topic because it is NFL news. The Titans haven't been impacted necessarily, but it is something I think the effects of the pandemic are still there, which kind of leads us to our next topic since we kind of opened it up some good and bad things. Um, what do you think the the biggest concern and then the biggest you know positive is for the Titans right now and maybe some things you saw this last week against uh, Jacksonville? Okay. Um, start out with the veggies here on the bad. Um, man – this run defense, honestly, this defense overall, mm-hmm. I know they've made a few big plays, but this is – it's tough to watch. They're the second-worst team on third down, and 
it's like what I think they're only only Vegas is the I think Vegas is the worst. Um, and also they gave up 480 yards to this team. And don't get me wrong, I know we talked about them earlier. I know we gave them credit, but the Jags still aren't wonderful. 480 yards to this team, to this Jacksonville team, doesn't look great. Um, Butler and Bacaro, I, I mentioned earlier, they both got attacked. I know Butler's going to be on this partial island, and so much help's going to be needed with the other younger corners and um, the, I guess, not to whatever, but the lesser talented corners. So you have to be on a lookout for him. I know Shark and them tore him up, and Vaccaro and Butler led the game in tackles for the Titans. So that's really not what you want to see. It just goes to show how much they were attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it scares me on the back end sometimes, man. But, yeah, um, not. I know Rabel mentioned it earlier, um, got to do a better job of setting the edge and just being firm at the line of scrimmage. You got to, yeah. got to tackle better too. I, this, this defense does worry me a little bit. Cause I know we were talking about the flip flop from what inefficiencies they had on offense last year, the Titans, they had on efficiencies out of the defense and it's kind of flip flopping. So yeah, just got to get, got to get off the field. Can't keep yeah. doing this third down stuff where they're giving it up. I mean, Jacksonville, I think it was 10 for 14, I mean, granted, I know they're moving another quick, but dang, you can't let Gardner Minshew and Shark and other these other cats in this uh and then oh who was the uh who's that running oh, James Robinson. Um yep. dude, he, he had a great game too. So sixteen carries, one oh two, one touchdown, and that's a six point four yard a carry. That's 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 a rookie Illinois State running back. Yeah. You know? Scared, man. <clears throat> it's uh, it's impressive. I, I want to interject on as far no, as the ahead. defense because I don't I don't want to repeat what you're saying because I, I agree with the majority of, the majority of it. However, uh, a defensive thing that I'm not seeing that I thought we'd be seeing a few more of are sacks. And and right now it's obviously Clowney, as we said, is is still getting in shape. Jeff Simmons been has been dominant uh, on the yeah. inside. I don't necessarily expect him to go out there and you know be Aaron Donald quite yet where he can really get after the quarterback and the, and the, and the pass rush. But it's something that uh, as, as much time as we've spent looking, you know, you can look over the stats. I think we both know, obviously the stats aren't going to tell the entirety of the game. This was a very competitive game. It was a fun game to watch. Take it, taking the fan cap off. Like again, the deficiencies of the offense, I think the off or excuse me, the deficiencies of the defense we're offset by what the offense was able to do. And again, I know Tennessee right now, and at least on Sunday, Jag, the Jags and the Titans seemed very similar in how they were playing, kind of scheme. But it is a concern to me that if if, if Tannehill can throw four touchdowns, get sacked one time, uh, his his rating was 145. It's something that we need to close that gap. And, I, and it's it made me think about something is – Obviously, the theme of last year was good to great, and I think it's it's now the you know the offense I think has gone from good to great, but the defense we got to see some improvement. Obviously, a Dory he'll be out this week. You know, we've Christian Fulton had to step in there, and, and Chris Jackson as well. Jonathan Joseph is looking old, man, it, and that's yeah. something to me that obviously I know Logan Ryan brought a lot of leadership, and that's something too that. We know we kind of talked about prior to the season beginning was how much the defense was going to be transitioning with so many impactful players from last year. Logan Ryan, obviously Dean Pease being gone, the Wesley Woodyard, Jarrell Casey. I mean, 
it's not going to be an overnight fix. And I don't think either one of us or Titans fans in general expect it to be, but it's something to me that we got to see. I think we will see, but we got to see some improvements um, pretty quickly here. Obviously it's going to be a good attempt and we'll preview the, the, the Vikings matchup here in a little bit, but what a great week to go up against, uh, you know, Kirk cousins, (laughs) if I, if I can say that. So that's just something that, uh, yeah, I wanted to definitely agree, but but give me some other concerns uh, that you might have, Chase. Um, I don't have a ton of concerns other than that. I mean, the only other thing would just be the run game's not been super efficient yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to come along. I don't. I didn't. I didn't see what the stack box percentage is so far this year, and it's only two games. Right. But they're doing. I mean, teams are heavily leaning towards defending the run with Tennessee. And that's why Tannehill and them have been so good. They've uh, play action's been great, um, and these wide receivers and tight ends have been awesome. So yeah, and just a, a little bit so far of the inefficiency of the run game. Henry only averaged like three point four yards a carry, and I think he had one that was like eighteen or nineteen. So a good chunk of that was there. But to roll off that and to give some good, I mean, we have this Tennessee team has zero turnovers so far, and is back to being. A, a great trend that's continued from the previous years uh, is being one of the best red zone offenses. They're only set their second behind Seattle this year. Yeah. Um, and I think what they're six for seven is what we were listening to earlier. I mean, that's awesome. That's amazing. We have, um, let me knock on some wood real quick so we don't yeah. jinx it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Please do that <laughs> for me. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, and we don't even have, uh, we're not even seeing AJ Brown yet. So uh-huh. this Titans team, man, it's going to be, getting better and Tannehill's never going to get the credit because he's the boring mayonnaise family man. Mm -hmm. And I think that I think you're going to have to start looking at Tannehill's a very, very, very good quarterback. Is he he Aaron Rodgers? Is he Patrick Mahomes? Is he Lamar? No, he's not. Um, He's not anywhere close to Russell Wilson, but he's a really, really good quarterback for this Titans team. And they're only getting better. And yeah. another positive to get on this offense, I've been pumped to see, is only two sacks allowed so far. Nobody's yeah. dying. Nobody's dying nope. behind that offensive line anymore, buddy. But nobody's even talking about the offensive line. Like that's nope. that's a feather in the cap. And I, I know you know the right hand side; it's not necessarily dominant right now. But you got to realize, I mean. The Broncos have some solid pass rushers. AJ, you know, or I guess Alexander Johnson was all over the field against the Broncos. You know, Caleb on uh, Chase Sion out of LSU, Josh Allen out of Kentucky. I mean, two young guys that are going to be have to be accounted for. You know, for the for the foreseeable future for the Titans, and obviously, you know, even there was the Humphreys touchdown that that, that Tannehill, you know, got blown up by Chase on. And, and still put it right on on the uh, the numbers for for Humphreys, but um, I did want to throw out one more kind of not negative, but it's it's almost a lukewarm like you know we've, we're we're okay there, but the kick return punt return game is not you know and I, I think I I mentioned it last week maybe, but it, it's something to me. I'm at the point right now that it's kind of it's kind of so bland. I'm like, once a Dory's back, I would be open to them trying him out there again because I know for you know some people had the idea of of um, I know Humphreys returned kicks last year. That was basically just a secure the ball, don't fumble it. You know, let's let's get the ball to the offense and let them work. 
if the Titans could get a guy to produce on the spe- you know equal to what Brett Kern's doing special teams wise as far as an offensive you know effort, because uh, my God Brett Kern dude speaking of positives just three three Amazing. punts on this is on Sunday this is on Sunday his long was fifty seven I think last week against the the Broncos it was in the sixties low sixties had three punts inside the the twenty uh, I mean his average is forty so I mean that's if we had a guy that could return kicks and, and kind of match his effort, uh, special teams wise, that would be deadly. That's just one of those things. Again, I'm not, I'm as the self dub conductor of the Cleve Raymond hype train. It's something <laughs> I know he's probably going to turn more or has the opportunity to turn more heads there. Just haven't quite seen it yet. But I, I did want to agree, kind of going on the positives. Um, without just the you know the injuries to this team right now, we we've lost AJ. Uh, we lost a Dory. It's something that we've not seen. Um, Harold Landry, I know he had the interception, five tackles, two solo tackles. He had one pass breakup and then um, a quarterback hit. In the run game, Harold's a little bit of a concern to me. I don't, I don't mind if they pull him out and put Kamala Correa in there, but like you said, they got to set the edge. We have not seen Clowney at, at full, you know, full go. Um, but it's something to me. I know Jack Crawford had the sack, the the one sack where Gardner looked like he was, you know, trying to throw it out of bounds, mm-hmm. but he he did go down. Um, that's just something for me that at some point we got to start seeing some some pressures getting after the quarterback because I mean we know it. Like last year, Chris Jones, uh, Chris Jones for the Chiefs really shut down the running game in that AFC Championship game. I know we've got to have some guys like that to be able to do that because a guy like James Robinson, as you mentioned, a rookie, what did you say, out of Illinois? Mm-hmm. Illinois State. They, yeah, Illinois State. They got to shut these guys down. And, I, I mean, again, credit to the Jaguars, but we've, we've got the talent with guys like Daquan Jones, Jeff Simmons, and, and company to be able to come in there and really stuff it up the middle. But that's just one thing to me that, again, I, personally – I think it's it's all like we mentioned. It's all play back to the preseason and really getting into form, and that's why they call it midseason form. But right now, two and zero, I I really cannot complain because again, we're Titans fans. The last, you know, think of the last time we went two and zero since '08. Where were you in two thousand eight? Uh, I was a junior, and or I was going to be a senior in high school. I was a couple years out of college, so. And now we're we're getting old now, Chase. But I know, uh, I know. But just to think that we've we've gone through the last twelve years and haven't been able to go. I think two and zero is a big deal uh, in the NFL coming out the gate. So, um, but let's move on here. Um, I wanted to ask what you thought. Um, obviously, we've talked about some issues. What's the biggest issue that that presents itself to you with with the Vikings? Um, as we talked about the run game. Dalvin's not been Dalvin Cook's not been wonderful so far this season, but it scares you when you see the numbers that have already been put up against the Titans. And that guy and this team have got a lot to prove because they were supposed to be way better than what they were. Now are they supposed to beat the Packers? That's maybe. Um, but you know, what you saw from the Colts week one, you would think they would have beat them last week and the Colts pretty much embarrassed them. The Colts defense really stepped up and played well, but also Kirk Cousins was pretty horrendous. Um, and Dalvin only got like 50 yards, but he did have two touchdowns. And so, I mean, there's there's some there's some things going on there uh, so far that they they've got a lot to prove. And it's one of those games that they 
they're, they're going to see what has happened against the Titans run defense. And I think Dalvin is really wanting to play tough. And at, that's the only thing that really worries me um, so far because Cousins is going to be Cousins, man. I know he has his big games, but I don't think this defense in the past game is going to be just giving up Kirk Cousins primetime days. You know, it's, I don't, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, it does concern me what they're going to try to do on the ground with Dalvin and uh, Matson, um, their other big guy. So I don't know. Uh, those make me worried. What are your biggest concerns so far for this? Seeing what you've seen out of the Vikings and so far this season. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't really feel concerned to be frank. I mean, I feel this could be one of those games that that and again, if we can go two and zero for the for the first time since 08, if we go three and zero, and I know. Got to line them up and let the boys play. But, I mean, I'm confident. I think that, you know, Vrabel's got – it's it's one of those things. When you're, you know, I think of the analogy of a guy whittling or, a, you know, a carpenter making something. Like, obviously, you know where things are at when you kind of have your first go at, at something or a rough draft if you're writing a paper. You can kind of will I, – I think I think Vrabel's about to he's, – he's been whittling this week to make this team better. He yeah. knows what the improvements need to be. Um, it's something that I, I didn't mention him a second ago, but um, I think this could be a really good week for the Titans in the run game. Obviously, losing um, uh, Daniel Hunter and Anthony Barr is as massive for the Vikings. For them, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're zero and two. Not that the home field advantage is necessarily playing a, a big you know factor this year, but zero and one at home for the Vikings. I'm surprised to see. Um, even though, let's see, the spread right now is negative two for Tennessee, and then uh, ESPN's predictor has got, you know, this is kind of a whatever pick, but that 51% going for the Vikings. Um, I agree with you, man. The If it's going to be something, because Adam Thielen being the number one guy, and then right behind him you've got our guy Tajay Sharp. I love and respect Tajay. I'm, I don't expect him to go out there and do much. It's something to me, too, that – Again, like you mentioned, Kirk Cousins. I don't know how good this offensive line is right now, but if if they are what they have been historically, um, it's going to be something that uh, yeah, Dalvin Cook will be the guy. And even if they're trying to shut down Dalvin Cook, force Kirk Hen- you know Kirk uh, Cousins to run um, or run to throw the ball, it's something I'm I'm pretty optimistic right now. He's got you know th- uh, 51 attempts. Uh, two touchdowns, four interceptions uh, compared to Tannehill's six ten, uh, touchdowns, no interceptions right now. Um, I'm, I'm impressed. I think Corey Davis could have a good day. Um, I don't really expect much out of the defense because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's to me, it's just one of those things that if we can come, if we can go in, stay healthy, get a win, uh, that's what I think this game needs to be. But it's funny because before the season started, as we mentioned before, those two we, we talked about those two first games being kind of not guaranteed wins, but you know, pretty pretty good chances. And the Vikings, Steelers, Bills, Texans, uh, you know, kind of being a little bit easier. But if we can get that, I mean, I'm telling you, it's I think this team from the last four, what is it, forty years or five years now that we've gone nine and seven to get those wins that you you know you should win. Yeah. That's what we gotta do on Sunday. One hundred percent. And I know we were listening to uh, Greg Cosell in the Midday 180 today, uh, just a little bit before we started recording. And he, this is a big concern with Kirk Cousins, and this is why the only real concern I had was Dalvin playing really hard and trying to, you know, bust off a good 150-yard day. And I know he's not he's not played great. He's not really being that big of a deal in the passing game either, which is really strange. 
from previous seasons. Cousins is just forcing into double teams. This is from Greg Casella. This is from a much smarter man than me. But <laughs> but Cousins is forcing double team or throwing into double teams to Thielen. I mean, like just given targets, it's Thielen has 16 on the season. The next guy has seven. That's Bissy Johnson. Tajay only has one target. Justin Jefferson only has six. I mean, Kyle Rudolph only has three. It's really weird to see. And I know they've got a little too tight end set with Irv Smith in there also. But, man, they're not looking great. And it doesn't look like they're going to get much better. And I think uh, I'm with you. I, I really do feel pretty confident that this week is going to be a much better week defensively for the Titans. But, man, this Vikings team just doesn't look great. And they only have two sacks on the season also on defense. So it's not a scary thing losing losing Anthony Barr like you mentioned earlier. That's that's a big leadership role for them. So this is another one. I know it's up in Minnesota, but it ain't cold Minnesota. And I've been there when it's cold. Yeah. It sucks. But <laughs> it ain't there. Um this is in the dome. It's going to be pretty nice. They can't uh, pump in the crowd noise too much. So I I really do believe this Titans team is going to go up there and probably handle business pretty well this week. So I just don't, yeah. there's just not a whole lot of concerns. And I think Tannehill's wow. going to continue on his run still tied for second and touchdowns with six so far this season. So pretty Let's sweet, go. pretty sweet. Yeah. dude. I was, I was looking, I had this, uh, this day kind of in mind because our guy, Brian Hager of Chet 10 sports was planning on going up to Minnesota this, for this uh. game before all this stuff kind of came down. I know they're, they're, Stadium is, you know, this is probably one of the state of the art facilities and, and, oh, yeah. and venues in, in, in the NFL. But that's just one of those things that the biggest concern for me, and I, I, I used to be fearful of this for the Tennessee Titans, that uh, that basically they're sleeping on teams. I don't think they're sleeping on teams now. Obviously, I think that the the mentality of Rabel, the persona of of Mike Vrabel for the Titans, obviously the, the cliche is this team embodies their coach their coach's mentality. I I, I believe that about the t- Tennessee Titans right now. I think they're they're resilient. They've been resilient the last two weeks to squeak out even with lost field goals. Even with you know with plays that don't go your way every single time, I mean Tyler Eifert and and again, let's let's I, I'm not afraid as a, as a Titans fan. We'll talk a lot of shit about Jags fans, but this team is good, man. Like yeah, I'm, I'm Gardner Minshew in the last two weeks, and even not just looking at the stat box, he looks comfortable. And there was one player rewatching the game uh, from Sunday of he was rolling out right. They were in the red zone, kind of going down. Gardner Minshew's rolling right, going towards the goal line, sucks in the linebackers and the defensive tackles, and just pops it over to I think it, I think it was Eifert, but it might have been somebody else. But just looks composed, and that's something for me. The conversation and the expectation prior to this season was the fear or the idea of, excuse me, uh, Trevor Lawrence being in Jacksonville, and then potentially Dabo Sweeney following him after they fired Doug Marone for such a terrible season. But, <laughs> I hate to break it to you guys. I don't know if we're going to get that this don't year. I don't think that happens. Yeah. So, I mean, respect to the Jaguars. Obviously, I'm thrilled with the win, but it's just something that uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't expect the Texans, the Colts. I think they'll be competitive, but I think the Jaguars are definitely the second best team in this division. But, but Chase, I want to, I want to kind of take a step back. I know where this is obviously a Tennessee Titans podcast, but I do want to take a, a look around the league. I want to ask you what has been the most surprising 
uh, story that you've seen in, in two weeks out of the NFL? Oh, that's tough. And, I'm, and um, just for everyone listening, I am kind of throwing this as a curveball for Chase. Uh, so I, I, forgive me if uh, if I'm putting you on the spot here. No, no. Honestly, what I th- this is a probably my own perception. I thought quarterback play might be a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. I, but, man, ro- watching Russell Wilson, Rodgers, and the elites, the elites, heck, even people like Derek Carr – Josh Allen, these guys have been ripping it. And I just, I kind of forget like how great some of these quarterbacks are. I mean, the fact that I, I was asked Sunday or Saturday one by a couple of friends, like who would I, who do I want? Who's my, who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? And I watched a lot of that Falcons game the week before and watched Russell Wilson play, dude. Russell is amazing. And I got to watch him again in the Cowboys game this week. This guy is incredible. To say mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is the second best player when he may wind up being the greatest of all time is such a weird thing to say. But there's just so much good quarterback play, and it's way better than I actually thought it was going to wind up being. So I guess that's I kind agree. of my biggest surprise. I didn't think it was going to wind up being just ripping defenses to shreds. And I guess the defensive part was a different aspect where I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But it's – uh. Watching some of these guys play, dude, these quarterbacks have gotten even better and yeah. astonished. What's uh, what's yours? I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to kind of – I want to take the, the obvious off the table. You know, injuries last week were huge. That, that was a, a very big surprise. Obviously, you can't put a finger on that as far as the why. Um, the Atlanta Falcons have been terrible. I mean, just – Outright, and I've kind of dubbed them my my NFC team. Uh, Obviously, yeah. us being in Chattanooga, we got a foot in in Georgia. We got a foot in Tennessee, even though we're fully in Tennessee. But uh, God, God bless Tennessee. Um, but it is something to me. The biggest surprise has been the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Kyler's been fantastic. Chase, we talked about this Sunday, I believe. But yeah, you know, yeah. just for all those listening, this team to me, and and the standings right now are very much surprising for the sake of of the Rams. I did not ex- expect the Rams and the Cardinals to be on the upper half of that standing bracket. You know, they've they've both uh, put up. You know, uh, the Cardinals are putting up fifty four points a game on average, or they, I'm sorry, they they have fifty four points for allowed thirty five uh, in return, and then the Rams are putting up fifty seven as well. So very much. Uh, and then let's see here. Like you mentioned, Russell and the Seahawks putting up 73. And even though they, uh, I guess their differential is a little bit less to be considered in third place, but very competitive. And I know the Cardinals right now, it's been kind of, of a conversation that they're about to, they could potentially go 5 and 0 because I think they have the Jets. I want to say a couple, I'm going to pull it up here uh, as I try and buy myself a little bit of time while my computer loads. <laughs> Lions, Panthers, Jets. You know, and then they got, kind of go on a little bit of a tear. Uh, Cowboys, Seahawks, Dolphins, Bills, Seahawks, Patriots, Rams. So they got a little bit. You know, they have an opportunity right now to go five and zero, which could be massive. But as we talked about, I think we talked about last week with Kyler Murray, or maybe it was Sunday. But him, him, in this offense, man, I, I I don't know if I talked about it last week with you, Chase, or maybe off air or whatever, but. At some point, and Kyler Murray is a great example of this, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of sick of seeing the trend of 
terrible teams taking quarterbacks. And then Joe Burrow, I think, is an exception to the rule because I think Joe's just got more talent than the majority of you know rookie quarterbacks in the last five or ten years because I think that, that system – I think his situation is a lot better than most. But you've got the Jameis's, you've got the Mariotas. I would love to see, and then countless other busts that you could name, but I would love to see them move away from that. You know, I, I want to see guys succeed. I don't want it to be a guarantee that they succeed, but if these guys can land on better teams, you know, good to better teams, um, would would Jared Goff be who he is right now? And I know he's not even. I, I wouldn't call him elite. I probably wouldn't even put him in the second tier. But that system and that team that he's had around him. Obviously, Robert Woods got extended last week, I think. But it's one of those things to me that I want to see more stories like Kyler Murray where he's able to do his thing. He's able to make some highlights. He's able to live up to the hype. And you get to see him pan out. I don't think it's a it's ever going to be, you know, obviously a figured out process. But it's good to see him. And, he, and he's been playing great. Um, that's just the biggest thing that's probably stuck out to me for this season. But Yeah, Kyler. Cal- Kyler's been amazing. Kyler's been so good, man. Like, I watched. Do you see that? I saw the stat. It's something. Can't even remember what the Instagram account was. I think it's just like incredible stats. He's had like twenty-one rushes and been untouched on fourteen. Which good? God. Isn't that crazy to think about? I mean, this guy. That's scary to think about. Yeah, and I mean, also when you watched him in college. He was fantastic, and I was—I've been on the Kyler train. I have two friends that are from the Revolution Network, the, the Jones brothers. That they're huge Oklahoma fans. Huge Oklahoma fans have been as long as I've known them, and um, they're like, "Dude, Kyler is as much as they loved Baker. Kyler was the real freaking deal." And man, he makes throws. He he, he runs so he and Lamar run so efficiently without getting tackled hard or getting touched at all and that's like that's that's they're they're two different types of runners i mean obviously they're both just incredible athletes but they run so different because kyler's so so quick twitch and so fast where you know it's just it's just a different look because he's smaller but man these guys are making plays that i'm just like i I, doesn't even look real like we're having there's this evolution of athlete especially quarterback that just keeps getting better and better and there's so much fun to watch even burrow burrow's looking Really good for, especially for a tough spot that he's in, Cincy. And AJ Green kind of looks a little bit washed up. I mean, he's still AJ, but he's not the same AJ. And that you know they've got Boyd and a couple others, but it just doesn't look the same. But to have he looks like he's mentally tough out there, you know, leading a fourth quarter drive and doing all this stuff. So I'm with you, man. It it is exciting to see these rookies and sophomores and younger guys just continue to ball out because I'm tired of seeing some busts, you know, nobody mm-hmm. wants to see more Brady Quinn's. Nobody wants to see, you know, all these cats, Johnny Manziel's, oh, I mean, the, Johnny's. Yeah. yeah Cause that's because everybody thinks, yeah. Like you don't want to see those guys anymore. Like, but Kyler and that offense, what's crazy to think about is Deandre Hopkins might be better with mm-hmm. them than he was already the top three wide receiver in the league. Yeah, his stats Houston. just popped out to me because, <clears throat> you know, we were joking about it on Twitter. I forget who I was going back and forth with, but Bill O'Brien might be the best GM for the Arizona Cardinals they've ever had. Oh, yeah. Dude, the guy's got 22 receptions through two weeks on 25 targets and has 219 yards. The, the, the guy catches everything. He's a ball. Um, but but I, I was I was looking here. I wanted to ask you this question because, obviously, last you, you mentioned Derek Carr. 
Um, I, I mentioned how bad the Falcons were last last week and probably the week before that against. I mean, they're they're playing solid teams. I, I don't want to, yeah. you know, the comeback, the dramatic, you know, onside kick, the whole thing that we saw. It was just pitiful. But what was the bigger surprise for you? Uh, Derek Carr going, going, you know, obviously their their debut at their brand new Roomba Stadium. It looks like yeah. um, to go over the Saints or to see the the Cowboys come back over the Falcons. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, definitely the Cowboys over the Falcons because we were sitting there at Parkway and um, one of my good friends. He's a he's a pretty big Falcons fan as well, and his group was there also watching that game. And people kind of gave up because we just kind of had. I just looked up to the side one time. Um, cause in our, in the lobby we were in, um, or the, I guess the side room we were in with the Titans group, we just mm-hmm. had the Titans on both TVs. So we didn't really have that, but I did peek over a couple of times, look at the fantasy scores, stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, this game's over at halftime. You know, they're, they're always, I think they're up 15 or 20. I can't remember what they're up. Yeah. This game's over. And then all of a sudden you, I, I get home and I kind of see all this happening. I saw the the highlights and the weird onside kick and how I just jump on the freaking football, man, you know, mm-hmm. get on the freaking football. It's tough to watch, man, because that offense is incredible down there. Matty mm-hmm. ice is putting up freaking numbers and they just can't figure it out on defense, especially because they're supposed to be a defensive team. Um, he's supposed to be a defensive minded coach. And it just keeps getting worse. And it really has been ever since that fall from grace in that second half of the Super Bowl. Dude. They've just never got it back. And Quinn's just losing it. And I can't I he just does enough at the end of seasons to keep his job. And it's incredible that he's still doing it. But if it's something else happens this week, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the hot seat first coach out. So see, I, I think, you know, I, I have a couple of friends that are, are from Atlanta and they're big Falcons fans. Neil Shalott's one of them on our, our, our hitting dingers podcast for the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy on Sundays, dude. It's tough. <laughs> just it's watching tough. his Twitter feed, man. It's like, bro, I, I just come over here to the two tone blue side, baby. Come on. But you know, we got a, we got a spot for you, but I totally understand it. But my other friend who's from Atlanta, he's like, I think I'm just going to commit to the Titans. I, I just can't take it. And like you mentioned, he's like, ever since that Super Bowl, this team has been cursed or whatever it is. Obviously, I, I consider Matt Ryan an elite, an elite quarterback. Obviously, Julio Calvin Ridley, who's my you know fantasy football guy, has Ballin. been lighting up. Um, it, to me, it's honestly something that I I doubt Quinn is out. But you know, I think I think they're going to make this thing. Ooh, I think he. I think they're going to wait till the season's over. If, if if they fire him, I just think. And to be honest, if it's my team, and if I were out, you know, Arts Arts uh, Arthur Blank, I almost said Arthur Smith. Um, but if it's my team, I'm going to probably wait just for the sake of the team going completely a wall and it being, you know, obviously they had a hard time last year when we were. I, I think my wife and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you were down there. I think Brian, uh, along yeah, with some other down. other Titans fans, were there. Um, but they were having a hard time filling the stadium up, and I, I, it, it's, it's sad to see how you know how much it's gotten into the fan base because they just really don't care right now. But I, I did want to give my feedback on kind of the surprise of the week because I'm going a different direction than you. I, Derek Carr, I mean, he looked probably that, that was probably his best game, and I've not watched the Raiders. I'm not, you know, I'm not watching them every single week on on Sunday Ticket or anything like that. But he looked absolutely fantastic. 
second year in Gruden's offense, you know, and I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that when, when teams like Nebraska, like Tennessee and call it, you know, in you know, college football, if they get back up to being powerhouses, I kind of root for those teams. And yeah. the Raiders are one of those teams for me in the NFL of like, you know, we want to see the Packers, the chiefs, it's good to see the chiefs back. Um, you know, so it's, it's just something to me that I was very surprised and breeze, man, I, this whole idea that that quarterbacks can play into their 40s without problem, I think it's going to die really quickly. Yeah, Bra- Brady's looked all bleh, kind of me, you know, mediocre. Mm-hmm. That's you know, I would think about the offseason conversation that we had between Brady and Tannehill, and a lot of folks were saying Brady. Um, not to name any names, <clears throat> Zach Brooks, but um, <laughs> it, it is something you know, and and I get it, you know, he's the goat, he's the greatest, but. When you're seeing two, you know, two guys kind of their stocks are are dropping, and then you have those guys like the Russes, uh, the Tannehills that are, you know, the 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 rich get richer kind of thing when they're in that right age bracket. But that's just that's just something I wanted to throw in there too. But anyways, let's uh, let's close this sucker out. Any other thoughts that you wanted to share, Chase? Big big weekend though this weekend for all Tennessee sports. So excited to have college football back for SEC SEC fans. Uh, I know we've already gotten some with ACC and the Big Ten and all these other smaller conferences, so it's going to be pretty sweet to have that on on Saturday night and then Sunday with the Titans and the Vikings. It's going to be pretty sweet, man. I'm so stoked. Me too, man. Yeah, and for all those listening, if you're in Chattanooga, Nashville, Knoxville, if you want to come down, I actually had a guy, Christian, uh, forget his last name, but shout out to him on Twitter said if they're not going to be if they're going to be showing the Falcons game in Atlanta where he lives he's very well he very well show up at Parkway so for all those in the surrounding cities that's all we love Chattanooga it's a melting pot you're two hours and or less from everything but check out chat10sports.com slash events to see what we're doing this weekend you are more than welcome to come bring a mask you know sanitize wash your hands and uh, and let's let's go Vols let's go Titans a very exciting week uh, but make sure in case you're new to us Check out the website, chat10sports.com, but also find us on social media. Be a part of the community. You can find me on Twitter at T-R-E-S-W-I-N-N. And Chase, where can the folks find you? They can find me on Twitter at MCGreen423 and then Chaser3050 on Instagram, baby. All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot for listening. Chase, good to have you. Thanks a lot. Pleasure. Tighten up, baby. I'll get you your check next week for for coming on the podcast. And, yes, uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> we got years of overdue checks to Chase Green yes. for busting ass for Chat Ten Sports, baby. Appreciate you, buddy. I uh, really do. And uh, thanks for all that. Listen, make sure to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast. And as always, have a great week and go Titans.